Hi guys, welcome to Library Overload. This is Tavia. And this is Susie. Don't forget to go check out our blog where we post all of the books that we talk about. And that is just libraryoverload.home.blog. And then also check us out on Instagram. We're a little more interactive there. And we are just Library Overload. Welcome, welcome back. I know that we've been back already for a week, but welcome back. Welcome back again. Yes. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. That was beautiful. Thank you. It's from Mr. Cotter. What's that? Oh my God, I'm so old. It's... (laughs) I didn't watch it when it was live. I watched it on Naked Night. But if you're not old enough to have watched it on Naked Night, then that makes me even older. <laughs> but uh, it was a show that John Travolta was on in the 70s. Yeah, it was like his one of his first things. Uh, Welcome back, Cotter. And they were in high school. Uh, huh. and the, the premise was the teacher had lived there in the Brooklyn neighborhood and then went away and came back. To where he was from. So the theme song was Welcome Back, Welcome Back, Welcome Back to that okay. same old place that you laughed about, etc. I have never heard of that. There like, was a kid I... on there named Arnold Horshack. Oh, that's yes. an unfortunate name. Um, I have heard that when you sang the little theme song, like that sounded vaguely familiar. I- I'm sure I sing it a lot. <laughs> um, or maybe it's just that. But yeah, never heard of that before. That's interesting. yeah people who are listening that are older would definitely probably remember when it was on it was the late 70s i think somewhere right around before greece that's Um, interesting yeah (laughs) but i watched it on naked night when i was younger um and i don't even think it's on naked night anymore so Uh -uh. does that even exist naked night I actually don't know. I'm trying to remember the last time I was watching Nick and Knight, and it was like Friends and Fresh Prince. <laughs> and I was like, this is not that old. I mean, Friends is super old now, man. I mean, but it ended in 2004. So it's like 16 years old, 17 now, I guess. Well, it started in 94, though. True that. True that. But man, ugh. Yeah, I don't know if it's still a thing, though. But books. Books. So, how was your reading in the month of December? Were you, did you take a total break or did you? I did. I like took crazy? a, a super, super, super long break. Cause I felt right. a little bit overwhelmed at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did manage to get some reading done and we'll talk about that, but I did not like tear through all of the stuff that I was, was going to do. Yeah, I did the same. I took a major break, like didn't pick up a book at all. I think Um, four weeks solid is what I didn't read. Yeah, that's probably about the same for me. Um, But then all of the sudden, like my life has been changed for the better. Wicked for y'all. But, and I have read almost a book a day the past week. And it's been phenomenal. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm 10 almost, days into January and Goodreads has me behind schedule already. So I am well ahead and I'm like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm you're going to do it. Stuff. You're doing good. Ugh. Yes, I'm very proud because um, it's been a long time since I 
was so excited about reading. Like, That's it's good. literally as soon as I put down a book, I'm like, okay, what's next? What's next? Like, hurry. Let's find yeah. another book. That's awesome. Because I don't want this to go away. Yeah. But last year was such a struggle to read. And so this year, I'm like, oh, my God, I've got this. I've got this, like, you know, forward Energy. motion I need yes. to I need to do. But, yes, it's been a wonderful reading year so far, 2021. Everything else has been garbage. But mm-hmm. I've had reading. several books that once I sit down and get into them, I'm, like, enthralled don't want to put them down mm-hmm. but it's the sitting down and stilling my mind enough to sit there and read that mm-hmm. I have struggled with um and I think I did struggle with that a lot in the whole year of 2020 just yeah being still enough in your own mind to be able to sit down and and read and absorb something else yes I keep just looking at news and it got to the point a few days ago that I was telling Daniel that I had to I had to give Chris my phone because I was like, I can't like it's been a dumpster fire, man. We're only <sighs> ten days in. I know. So yeah, I almost had a panic attack the other day because of the news. And so I've just I've had to make it a very big deal for me to just stop. Just stop looking at it. There's nothing I can do about it personally. Mm-hmm. And like so there's no reason for to for me to put myself in that mental right. Yeah, and so I'm just like, I've got to put it down. And so it's been nothing but romance reading for me. I have been in a really just, big romance kick well, lately. It's, it's just so nice. Everything mm-hmm. is happy for the most part. You don't get stressed about stressed out about, like, you know, someone's going to be killed. Or, like, ah, oh, who's the murderer? Or something. Like, it's just nice. And it's mm-hmm. soothing. And you know it's going to end up happy. And so it's been wonderful. Well, that's good. Yes. All right. Shall I kick things off? Yes, do please. Okay. I don't know if you guys have heard of a very small show on Netflix titled Bridgerton. So we're going down the rabbit hole super early. All right. (laughs) I am ready. (laughs) Susie has been sucked into a vortex and it has not let her out. Guys, I thank Bridgerton for getting me back into reading. Well, that's good. Um, well, I didn't know it until after I started the show, but it was based on books. I had no idea. Tut, tut, tut. I need to do I need to do more research before I start Be better. watching things apparently. Be um, better. But guys, that show is phenomenal. It's just 8 hour long episodes, so you can definitely do it in 24 hours like I did. And it's so good so this is set in 1814 so the beautiful Ooh, regency. regency yes regency and i actually know what regency is <laughs> um, so proud so, of you thank you so this follows and it's actually in um crap i think it's eight or nine books i'll have to fact check myself eight or nine books in the bridgerton series so there are eight bridgerton children First book follows Daphne, and it is her and her first um, uh, foray out into society. Um, so Daphne has been deemed flawless by the queen, and so she is the diamond of the season. Everyone knows she is going to find the smartest of matches. But Wait, her... I have questions. Yes, ma'am, go ahead. 1814? Yes. Which queen? 
There was a king at that point. So, okay, I will warn you um, that, number one, this show does not follow. It's not super factual. I got you. Okay. Um, you can continue, though. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to say, I and this may be wrong, but I want to say Catherine. I was thinking either Catherine or Charlotte, but I can't remember. It would have been. Oh, crap. C's. It's a C. I don't yeah. know. Okay. Um, it would have been one of I know that she the is well she is the queen and sh- because the king is going mad. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um uh and so I will also warn you guys that the in the show um so they do the dresses the, It's like they elevated everything Regency. So the dresses, instead of being the muted colors that they would have been back then, they have diamonds and glitter and glam. The music, instead of it being like Canon and D, it is instrumental versions of pop songs. Oh, that's neat. Their dancing is just this more beautiful choreographed waltz. Like it's just Mm -hmm. everything is elevated. And one of my most favorite things about it is that the casting is, if you're a good actor, you are in the show. It doesn't matter your race, your gender, whatever. If you're good, you are in the show. That's awesome. I love casting God like for that. that. Thank God for that. Because we have the Duke of Hastings. <laughs> and he's young. That's funny. Um, but I just confirmed I, with myself because it was going to drive me nuts. It was George the Third, okay, who was the king at that point. Okay, well he is. Um, you do find out eventually in the show that he is behind the scenes and he is. Um, yeah, he's the mad king. He loses yeah. the colonies. Yes, bonkers. Yeah, he was. He was in the show. It appears more like a dementia kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that is historically so, accurate. Okay. Anyways, though, so. Daphne Bridgerton, she is out in society. Everyone knows that she is going to find the greatest husband this season because she is the best. The best. Okay. Yes. So her brother, Anthony, who is now the Viscount um, because their father has passed away, um, he keeps scaring away all her suitors. This guy has a gambling problem. This guy has slept with another person. This guy is bad. This guy I didn't like in in college. He keeps scaring away all of her suitors to where finally, when she meets her brother's friend from school, the Duke of Hastings, he is deemed the most eligible bachelor. He has made a solemn vow that he is never to be married. He has a long history with his father. He never wants to be married. And Daphne desperately wants to get married, but all the guys are scared of her because of her brother. So they make a deal that they're going to pretend to court to make the men jealous to get them to come see Daphne. Yes, they do. (laughs) Yes, they do. Pretend relationships never work. You always fall in love. (laughs) It's so good. Um, (laughs) Sounds like something I would super love. I own the first book. I have contemplated driving it over to your house so you will read it and then watch the damn show with me. That's funny. <laughs> I've already watched the show in its entirety twice. All right. Um, so good. I have also started the book series and I am on book four. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> you have um, been sucked down the rabbit hole. It's so good, guys. 
but yes, so each book for each of the Bridgerton children, you meet them all in the show, but it is Daphne's story at this point. I am not going to lie to you. I think I loved the show a little bit more, but I think it's just because I watched it first and it's Uh just so beautiful and colorful. And I loved all the added things that Uh they did. There are two it's Shonda Rhimes. It is Shonda Rhimes, and she's phenomenal. Um, but there are two moments in the show that just take your breath away. They're so wonderful, oh. and they're not in the book. And I oh, was wow. so mad about it. And so, um, and the book is still great, but I, yeah. I loved, loved the show. But now that I'm really in the middle of the season, of the series, the book series, um, the books just get better and better. That's awesome. So, yeah. It does absolutely sound like something I would love. And it kind of sounds a little bit familiar to a book that I'm going to talk about um, not too far from now. I don't even know if I mentioned the actual book title, so I'm going to do that. <laughs> it was it was The Duke and I by Julia Quinn. Um, so, yes. Phenomenal. Loved it. I'm glad that Go. you were enjoying it. That's very uh, different for you. It is. Uh, the Regency, the... Yes. You know, all of that. But it's just, I love the the balls and the glamour and stuff. Another really awesome thing about this series, or about the both the show and the books, is it really highlights the differences between the men and the women in that era. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, really just, it puts the, it, it just highlights so much the fact that women are so clueless as to what goes on in a marriage. Mm -hmm. Like, it highlights the fact that poor Daphne had no idea what going into her marriage bed would be like. Like, it totally... Because they don't talk about it. No. And, And it makes you infuriated for her, and it shows her anger about it as well. Like it's good. It's so awesome. It's so good. Ugh, I love it. I gotta stop talking, or I just will... This whole hour. I'll this be- whole episode will be Bridgerton? Yes. And I wouldn't be mad about it, to be quite honest with you. It's funny. I I have thought about getting into it, but I wondered about us both being enamored by this series and nothing else getting done. So, it's so true. It's true. you know, it is a, a flaw in the plan. That's fine. But I have eight more of the books to talk about, so. I am very, very happy that you are enjoying reading so much. I love that feeling. Yes. I, it's been such a happy time because I've been, I've been so excited to pick mm-hmm. up more and more. So that's been awesome. Nice. Awesome. Well, I am going to go to one of the advanced reader copies that I got at the end of last year. But because I am a... A garbage person who doesn't have her life together. The book actually came out before I ended up reading it. <laughs> so, this book came out in October of 2020. And it's called The Poppy and the Rose. That's by Ashley Cowles. And it has... It's not very like well known out there. Um, I couldn't I even find say, an audio. I've not, he- I've not heard of it. Yeah. I couldn't even find an audio of it anywhere to listen to even after it came out, which was interesting. But it is something that I've very much enjoyed. It has two time periods. So that's fantastic. One of the time periods happens to be 1912 aboard the Titanic. 
Oh. Yes. And then the other time period is 2010. So Ava Knight is a teen heiress from Britain. And she is taking a trip with her dad to New York. They're on board the Titanic. She's trying to break out of that uh, property only good for marriage role. She wants to go to New York and be a photographer, which is very, you know, interesting thing for a woman that at that time. On board the Titanic, while all this stuff, you know, that happens with the Titanic is happening, she meets some interesting people that are involved in the stirrings and the beginnings of World War One. So we have that. Then in 2010, Taylor is going to Oxford to study. She has been invited over to a, for a summer program. But she's actually looking for information about her dad, who was killed during the Iraq war, but she found a picture of him with a mystery woman who is not her mother going through his stuff. And the picture in the background of the picture is in England. So she goes to Oxford and she's seeking answers about this woman. As soon as she gets there, basically this woman, um, this old lady with a chauffeur who's super hot and, her car comes up and she's like, Taylor, I have all of the information you need. Come with me to my house and I will tell you a story. So she Stranger danger. Yeah. She's like, um, not so sure about that, but she decides because the lady gives her just enough information. Um, she goes, well, while she's there, the lady dies. Oh my. Yeah. So she's in the house. She has, the clues of what's going on around her, but the lady has passed away. So it's her and the chauffeur trying to figure out what's happening. And then Ava in 1912, dealing with some craziness that's happening on board the Titanic and people trying to start world war one before it actually happened. So like they're trying to expedite it. These freedom fighter type people. And the two timelines are connected. And they're connected in a way that you will never see coming. Like, it blew my mind. I needed you to have Thank you. Thank you. Because you think, well, everything about the Titanic has been written that you could, you know, possibly know. Any avenue that you could take on this has been done. Nope. She, she, like, did something completely new, completely wild. I could not figure out how these two things are going to be connected it was just, it was really, really good. So it gave you history. It gave you new stuff, romance. There was a mystery in there. And it was just really, really good. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've read anything featuring the Titanic. So that'd be, that would be interesting. You're missing out. There's some good stuff. That some sounds really, really cool. Yeah. Especially if you are dabbling in the Regency era. You just slip, I am dabbling. slip forward just a little bit. Just a century. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still historical. There's still all the glitz and glamour um, of, of the Titanic, but there's also other cool stuff. So, yeah. All right. The next book I'm going to talk about is The Tourist Attraction. And this is by Sarah Morgan Thaler. That's so this one cracked me up this is the one that I was screenshotting and sending to you with like the funniest things ever Mm -hmm. like I was just rolling out loud (laughs) laughing that's funny Um, so this follows Graham and Zoe Graham lives in Alaska and he 
has a restaurant, like a small, like burger place called the tourist attraction because mm-hmm. the sit, the little town that he lives in has kind of been taken over by this um, very luxurious resort that the rich come to uh, relax at. And mm-hmm. so, and he, he set up shop there and called it the tourist attraction. He's real grumpy. Um, he will um, only make one thing. He won't adjust his menu. Nothing is gluten-free. Nothing is fat-free. So he doesn't want any of those tourist people going. <laughs> and yet they still do. They line up out the door to come to his restaurant because they think it's hilarious that he does not cater to them. So That's it funny. goes exactly opposite of what he expected it to. Mm-hmm. And then we meet Zoe. Zoe is friends with one of the rich that have that have been coming to this town mm-hmm. for years. Um, she is not rich, but she has saved up for years for her dream trip to go to Alaska. And she's kind of got a bucket list of things that she wants to accomplish while she's mm-hmm. there. Well, she meets Graham and just hilarity ensues. He, the way they meet is just bonkers. Like, <laughs> like, when okay so they meet briefly one night but then the next day she accidentally runs into him and i will just say that the police get involved there's a chainsaw um it's just nuts hilarious but yeah this book was just lovely it kind of gave you it it kind of solidified the fact that most a, a lot of people have this feeling like if they've never been to this place before, but they just know that they should be there, that they need to go there. For that, for me, that place is Tahiti. <laughs> I feel like if I could just go to Tahiti, it is where I should always live. And yet I've never been there. So that is Alaska for Zoe. She's just always known, she's always had this feeling that she should go and she should be there. And she chilly. finally gets to go just a smidge but she finally gets to go and it's everything she dreamed of and she just happens to meet this ruggedly handsome guy that lives there and it's just uh, so good it was so funny thoroughly enjoyed it that's awesome Mm -hmm. i am glad that you enjoyed it okay guys (laughs) (laughs) i'm already excited (laughs) let's talk about casey mcqueeston's new book (gasps) yes and I have to tell you, I am terribly sorry to inform you. It does not come out till May, May 6th of this year. You're so rude. I know. But I did read it on an advanced reader copy. And this is One Last Stop, by, obviously by Casey McQuiston. And it was so good. So this is the so author, author of Red, White, and Royal Blue, for those of you Correct. that don't recognize. Correct, uh, yes. And I was terribly afraid that the kind of same magic that I felt with red, white, and royal blue would not be present in this book. But I worried for nothing. It was still spectacular. Oh, yes. But in a different kind of way. You know how, like, red, white, and royal blue made you ridiculously happy? It 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 had that, but it was, like, muted, but it was magical in other ways. Okay. It, it, was, oh, it was just awesome. So, it is... Another gay romance. Uh, This time it's about two women. One is 23-year-old August. And she moves to New York. She's kind of adrift in life. She's changed majors like five or six times. She can't figure out what she wants to do. She moves to New York. 
moves in with some roommates she saw on a flyer, starts working at this random pancake house, and ends up really enjoying her coworkers and her roommates and kind of coming into her own and finding herself a little bit. She has a very interesting secret in her past that uh, you kind of learn about through uh, through the course of the story. And then we have 24-year-old Jane. And Jane is kind of like a, um, a rock chick. Like, she's got the leather jacket. Uh, she wears these red Converse. She's kind of, you know, super cool. And August meets Jane on the Q train on the subway. And they kind of have that, um, they're in the same place every day at the same time, slowly kind of falling for each other, thinking each other's cute attraction. And this is kind of in the blurb, so you don't, it's not a spoiler, but Jane is a girl out of time. She is stuck on the subway. She's actually from the 70s. Yeah. Oh. And she ends up stuck on the subway. And she can't leave the subway. And so every time August goes there, she'll see her. But Jane can never leave the subway. So the whole rest of the book is them figuring out how Jane got there and how to get her off the subway. And August helps her. This is crazy. Yeah. That is not at all what I was expecting. Right. Me either. Me either. It was definitely was wild but the story is just so beautiful how jane happened to be where she was when she got stuck her backstory Mm -hmm. being a lesbian in the 70s in the the late 60s 70s when it was still illegal Mm -hmm. and her coming to be in 2019 actually i think it's in 2020 in 2020 new york and realizing that that's not a crime anymore Mm-hmm. her and August falling for each other, August figuring out how to get her off the train. And then there's the anxiety of when she gets off the train, where is she going to go? Is right. she going to go back to her time? Is she going to stay? Can August fall in love with her? Because if she does, what if she goes back to the seventies and it's, you know, just all this anxiety, mm-hmm. but August's backstory and Jane's backstory, it's just so spectacular and it culminates in just this beautiful crescendo of a story and it it was just really really good and there's happiness there's tears there's romance there's a little smut in there for everybody Um, and it it was really really spectacular absolutely spectacular love it completely different from anything you would have expected yeah that's nuts um but that sounds so good i can't wait to read that like I loved red white and royal blue so freaking much that like I'm I'm ready to just anything Casey McQueeson puts out like just sign me up mm-hmm. I don't need that she's already questions. working on another book as well I saw I, I follow her on Instagram same so good yeah uh, but it was absolutely spectacular and I am sorry you all that you have to wait until May 6th to, to get it <laughs> you're so rude <laughs> But it is, it was really good. It's one of those that I was telling you about when I finally sat down and got into it, I couldn't put it down. It was so consuming, but making myself sit and read has been the struggle. But once I started reading, I couldn't stop. So Mm. I finished it fairly quickly once I started it. Gotcha. 
Okay. My final book that I will talk about today is part of the Hot and Hammered series by Tessa Bailey. I can't even with you. (laughs) I want never again to hear anything from you about the books that I choose to read. (laughs) I didn't even know that's what the series was called. I just grabbed the book. (laughs) And so then Tavia texts me and she was like, are you seriously reading something called Hot and Hammered? Yes, I said, I don't ever want to hear any mockery about sugar daddies or bad and dirty ever again. You are reading something called Hot and Hammered, and you will shut your mouth from now on. In my defense, the title, Sugar Daddies, was not my issue (laughs) with that book. It was the cover. (laughs) True. This is true. Okay, so this one is called Tools of Engagement by Tessa Bailey. It is part of a series. In the Hot and Hammered series. In the Hot and Hammered series. Um, I, this is, I think, book three in the series. But it just, it sounded really interesting. You didn't um, start at the beginning? I did not. But it's one of those series that it's just, like, one ca- small character in the previous book. So, like, I, I thought, it's fine. No, I don't care. Um, so, we follow Bethany Castle. She and her brother, the Castles, are this huge home flipping team Uh so so they are real big right now they're it's like almost as big as like the the Gaineses or the chip and joe yeah like like they're on that property brothers yes yeah they're on that kind of level thank you i couldn't think of another duo i was like i know there are some um (laughs) lord uh so but the only thing is her brother um won't let her kind of chime in on any of the actual design plans. She just gets to stage the home. Yep. So she has gotten really tired of it and she keeps asking and asking. And he's just like, nah, this is, this is my job. You just pick out the pretty things. Um, so um, basically HGTV gets wind of that, that, uh, and they decide to put, Brother versus sister, they each get their, a house to flip. And at the end of two weeks, they're going to come in and evaluate the pricing on both of them and see who upped the um, escrow of the house within two weeks. Oh. The only issue is Bethany doesn't have a team, has never done contract work in her life, doesn't even know where to hit a wall, doesn't know how to figure out if a wall is load bearing, like nothing. But she wants to try so bad. So the meat cute. So Bethany goes over to the house that her brother is working on. And she and, and it's where she basically says, I'm flipping my own home. Like, I'm not doing this with you anymore. And, and her brother is basically real condescending. And he's like, oh, yeah. So who do you have working for you? And Mr. Wes Daniels is like, oh, me. Promptly quits her brother's team. And goes over to help Bethany. And he is glorious. So he is new to town because his sister, who has like a three or four year old little girl, cute little girl, his sister has gotten into some bad stuff. And he came to take care of his niece while his sister was going through some issues in life. And so he is, um, he is wonderful. So Bethany is trying to do this show and work on flipping this house. 
And he basically gives her the tools to do it instead of just being like, you just step back and I'm going to do all this. He's like, okay, so I've walked through the house and I've labeled all the walls that are not load bearing that we can tear down. So when you're walking the cameras through, you know what to say and what to do. And she's like, Mm -hmm. thank you. Like, he's just glorious. So dreamy. And um, it was just really good. It Again, it's lighthearted. It has mm-hmm. some funny moments. If you like HGTV, which I do. Hey, bud. Um, if you like HGTV. Sorry, guys. My cat. <laughs> um, uh, but it's it was just really lighthearted. Really fun. Yeah. Quick read. Um, super easy to get into. I, I really enjoyed it. It was That's lovely. awesome. It was so good. That's yes. awesome. Hot and hammered. You're welcome. Yes, and there will be no mockery henceforth and forevermore. I have spoken. <laughs> it is finished. <laughs> Correct. It is done. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> those are our those are our fun reads. I'm sure I will have more Bridgerton for you guys next week as well. But for now, yes. I'll uh, I'll let it lie. Yeah, we're not going to just uh, throw away everything we've been reading right out of the gate. We're going to savor some of it and and drop it to you in little little droplets. Oh, yeah. And besides the fact that I know eventually I am going to get into another slump. And at least I will still have books to tell you guys about mm-hmm. when I get there. So, yeah. But we have been doing some spectacular reading as of late. We're yes. moving right along. Um, I did reevaluate my to be read list last year for the end of 2020 and I actually had read I made a list of 96 books and I read 18 of those not bad at all yeah not bad at all um and so what I did was I just removed those 18 from the list and am carrying that forward into this year to be my to be read I also really need to reevaluate my owned list because I haven't added anything to it in a while mm-hmm. um, the last I checked I had 146 books that I owned that were unread but I've gotten several new book of the month boxes since then several new books that I need to add to that give me one second I'm counting I also want to go back and maybe I'll post a picture of it finalize our posters from last year I haven't finished coloring mine in of all the things I read in 2020, but I'd like to post to uh, to fill that out and post it for you guys on Instagram so you can see it. And I am waiting um, on bated breath or with bated breath for Susie to get me a new one. You're so bossy. I have to go and get it printed. I know. I mean, I could do it myself, but I'm waiting for you to do it. Ridiculous. (laughs) So last year I ended up reading 75 books, 14 of which I owned. Everything nice. else was uh, library books. Nice. Um, so not too bad. No. Um, but I am also counting books that I purchased and read last year. <laughs> so yeah, it's probably more I like I don't think 10. that's how that's supposed to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I own them and I read it. So it counts. <laughs> well, to clarify, my list did not include any books I had, <laughs> I had purchased in the year 2020. It was books that I had owned that were already on my shelf. If I'm not allowed to do that, then it's real bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we're being honest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. 
Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed our little what we've been reading catch-up session. Kicking the year off in this insane, absolutely demented week that somehow is reality. Where we are living yeah. in the Hunger Games, I, apparently. Yes. It's, ugh. But yes, you know what? Reading has helped me get through this past week, so. Phew. Phew. <laughs> I've also been re-watching Schitt's Creek, which is also a phenomenal show. Mm-hmm. And so I've got um, Alexis Rose in my head all the time. She is quite sassy. It's another thing I haven't gotten into. Oh, it's so good. But I did rewatch Hamilton last night, and it holds up, man. It's so good. <laughs> Hamilton so is good. phenomenal. It's never not good. Mm-mm. All right, guys. I hope you guys have a wonderful week of reading. Um, stay out of trouble. Make good decisions. Make good choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, happy reading, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.